This is PhotoBizX, episode number 387, and today we are talking about the process to maximize your photography profits, and I think you're going to be amazed at the process today's guest shares with us about how he does this no matter the genre he's photographing and why you should be photographing multiple genres, especially more than ever in the current climate. Our special guest is Raheel Gorba, and that interview is coming up in just a minute. Are you planning to have a successful wedding and portrait photography business? Join Andrew as he interviews successful photographers and business experts to fast track your success. Welcome to the Photo Biz Exposed podcast with your host, Andrew Helmich. Hey, it's Andrew Helmich here from Impact Images, and welcome to this episode of the podcast. I know you're going to love Raheel and what he shares in today's episode because he's applying the way he approaches his portrait clients to the other aspects of his business, whether it's headshots, weddings, engagement sessions, couple shoots, kids photography. He takes the same approach with every single client and his profits have jumped as a result. Pretty cool. So we're going to get into that in just a minute. As far as me and my week is concerned, if you heard last week's episode, you'll know that I've been away cycling with a bunch of friends. We've been in the Australian snowy mountains. (laughs) So yes, we do have snow in Australia. Not very much compared to US, Europe, Canadian, or even Japanese standards. But yeah, we we do have snow here. Our aim was not to get in and amongst the snow, (laughs) (laughs) As it turned out, there was quite a bit of snow down there. The weather was freezing cold at the top of the mountains, but we had some fantastic times. We got great rides in every single day. We got wet, we got cold, but amongst all that, we had plenty of laughs, plenty of beers, some great food, great conversations, and and a really cool week away. So yeah, I'm back into it now, back into the swing of things. The daily vlog challenge is kicking off today. It's not too late to get involved if you do want to introduce video into your photography business, whether it's for email replies, social media, creating advertising campaigns on Facebook or Instagram, or even adding video content to your website. If you want to do any of that and get more comfortable doing it, come and join us. It starts today. It runs for the next three weeks. I'd love to have you involved. There's more details at dailyvlogchallenge.com. And the big difference with this challenge, with this course, is you can't just purchase it and let it sit there because you have to get involved. You need to complete the challenges every single day. So I'm going to be pushing, even forcing you to get this done and work through uploading your video responses every single day for the next three weeks. And that's how you get so much better at producing video content for your business dailyvlogchallenge.com if you want to learn more and get involved with that. Let's get on with the rest of today's episode. And now, a macro look at our last episode. If you missed last week's episode with Vicky Knights, you absolutely must get back there, especially if you want to utilize mini sessions in your photography business. Now, for me personally, I have never done mini sessions. Uh, I just always preferred to do full sessions. But after hearing Vicky talk about her mini sessions and hearing about the, the income that she's generating with those mini sessions, which I've got to say is more than most photographers are making from their full sessions, it, it totally opened my eyes to the way mini sessions can be utilized in any photography business. So 
If that's piqued your interest, get back and have a listen to Vicky. We cover the complete system from start to finish that Vicky follows when she does these mini sessions, how she gets the spots filled, how she markets the sessions, how the sessions run, why she actually pays for the locations to shoot at, her sales process, her exact pricing. We go through the whole lot in last week's episode with Vicky Knights. You're listening to the number one photography business podcast with Andrew Helmich, photobizx.com. Alrighty, we're going to jump into this interview with Raheel in just a second. If you are hearing this announcement, it does mean you will not be hearing the full interview today because you're listening to the free version of the podcast. I am saving certain parts that Raheel asked me to save for premium members only, and I'm also saving what I feel is the, the, the best part of the interview, the part that is really going to make a difference to your business if you implement what Raheel shares. I'm saving that for premium members only. So if you'd like to hear the full interview after hearing the first half today with Raheel, if you love what he's sharing, if you love his approach to portrait photography, headshot photography, branding, commercial work, weddings and couple photography, and you'd like to hear more about the way he generates the kind of profits he does, you can do that for as little as $1 with a trial membership. It's a 30-day trial membership for $1 over at photobizx.com forward slash try. Welcome to another great eye for business. It's time for Andrew's special guest. Today's guest was introduced to me by photographer Sean LeBlanc, who's appeared on the podcast twice in the past. And in his intro, he said, I'd like to introduce you to Raheel Garba. You may already know Raheel as one of the driving forces behind King and Field Studio. He's an incredible photographer and a legend when it comes to the business of photography. He has style and finesse, and I highly recommend having him on the podcast. So after that, I did a little research. I learned that Raheel is a 50% owner of the King and Fields studio with Ben and Aaron Crisman, who have also been interviewed on the show. In his role there, his main responsibility is marketing, doing half the photography and sales sessions as well. Plus, he has his very own and totally separate business slash studio Fear Forever Photography, where he photographs weddings, portraits, headshots, pets, and boudoir. I'm looking forward to learning more about how all this fits together and works, and I'm wrapped to have Raheel with us now. Raheel, welcome. Thank you so much. What an amazing intro. Uh, I didn't realize my friend Sean, my fellow Canadian here, had a way with words. I am blushing. <laughs> yeah, he's got to get credit for that uh, intro because he wrote half of it. So. <laughs> and he's really built you up here. So you have to come through today oh for us, Ryan. <laughs> Talk about pressure. <laughs> now, you said fellow Canadian, but you're based in the States down in uh, South Carolina, mm-hmm. I believe. Absolutely. Absolutely. So my journey began in Pakistan. I was born in Karachi. And when I was 17, that's when my parents decided that we need to move to Canada for the best future of our family. Actually, growing up, I always was told my dad went to university in California, actually. I grew up hearing America is where we're going to live at the end of the day. That is the goal. That is the destination. So one could say I'm living my parents' dreams, living in America, but our first venture out of our native home country was to Canada. We became naturalized citizens, absolutely. So are you Canadian or are you a U.S. citizen now? I am Canadian. I have a green card here in the U.S. So I'm a permanent resident. 
I am working on my citizenship application. And it's one of those things that just takes a very, very long time. I do have one American in my family, my son. He is the only American in the household. He is eight years old. He's delightful. My daughter is Canadian because she was born there. And me and Miriam were born in Pakistan. So Miriam's your wife? Miriam is my wife. She's the other half of my life and my better half. And the smarter one, more empathetic one, the creative one, et cetera, et cetera. Any beautiful adjective that you can imagine, she is that. <laughs> well, I've lucked out in the same way because I've got my very own Miriam and Linda. So, uh, <laughs> Are you serious? <laughs> I am. I am. That's so, awesome. <laughs> so why move to America if you, know, you were living and, and set up on, I imagine, happy in Canada? That's such a great question, Andrew. Interestingly enough, I was not a photographer when I moved to the U.S. So I graduated from University of Toronto, and my degrees were computer science, mathematics, and philosophy. I had an incredible passion for marketing and design. In fact, while I was in university, I started my own little company that I was helping small to medium-sized businesses with their branding, their design, their websites, all those types of things. So I was working for a television network in Canada and my cousin who worked for a startup in Minneapolis, he contacted me and he said, you have an incredible portfolio of design, brand and photography as a hobby. And he wanted to introduce me to the CEO. And he asked me if I was willing to make a trip to Minneapolis. And of course I said, yes. And they paid for me and Miriam to fly there. We stayed the entire weekend. And that's when I accepted the job offer. They made an amazing offer at that age. That's about 16 years ago. I was fresh graduate two years in and I'm like, yeah, absolutely. Let's do it. So I was their first creative director for that company. And I redesigned their entire backend system and the system that interfaced with all the real estate agents in the country. So the project was the entire company, what they did was they provided websites to real estate agents. And at that time, 16 years ago, these websites were boring. They were very technical. And my job was to completely change the user interface, the design, the experience and everything. So that was how I ended up in the U.S. Two years later, moved to Charleston for another job offer. And I've been here ever since. I'm close to the beach. The beach is 10 minutes away. And I love the weather. It doesn't snow here. <laughs> <laughs> okay, then how does photography fit into the, the big picture? Mm, so photography has been a part of who I am ever since I was growing up. I remember, um, do you remember those little mm. flat cameras with the films that looked like binoculars? Yes. Can't even remember. Uh, 250 films, something like that. I can't even remember. That was a camera that my mom gifted to me when we were on vacation in Islamabad for the summers. And I'm like, this is marvelous. This little piece of technology can capture this moment in time. And I just became infatuated with photography ever since. But I never, ever thought about becoming a full-time photographer. That was not part of the plan. That was never in my list of wants or desires or bucket list. Then what happened was when Sophia was born, my daughter, that was about 11 years ago. And we went to Canada to make sure that every family member that we had in North America could be there, at least in Canada. And my brother-in-law, Taha, and he, he recommended, he was interested in photography as well. And while I was there, I was there for a couple of months in Toronto. 
why don't we set up a studio in the living room and let's go rent a bunch of equipment. Let's train ourselves on how to use it. And we hear this wedding photography thing pays a lot of money. We're both interested in photography. Let's go talk to some designers on Gerard Street, which is Little India in Toronto. And let's just do a model call and photograph some bridal outfits. So that weekend, we put out a model call on Model Mayhem, and we ended up with about 15 or 17 models. And we ended up with all of the different beautiful outfits, and we shot it all, and we started sharing it on social media. And that's really what started our professional wedding photography careers. And we became partners, and he was doing, I mean, he became pretty big in Toronto, and then I started to do this professionally here in Charleston. The problem was that there weren't a lot of Indians, Pakistani people here in Charleston. And the only portfolio that I had was all of these beautiful Indian outfits, Pakistani outfits. So I ended up doing a few shoots for friends here. And that's how I kind of got started and then got into my wedding photography here. But I would fly to Toronto for gigs all the time. We've shot some pretty cool weddings, but also some pretty major events. Like we photographed celebrities, um, Bollywood celebrities, those types of things. So that was an interesting start. It really helped us get started. But we, we just made this goal of doing it and we went after it. So that's how the name of my studio, FIA Forever, came about because the idea came about during the time of the birth of my daughter, Sophia. So it's named after her, Fia Forever. Nice. So Fia Forever was born then. Yes. And I'm guessing it slowly built over time. It got to a point where you could quit the day job that you had. Is that the case? That is absolutely the case. So about four years ago, actually, let me backtrack. Five years ago, I met someone named Steve Saparito. He's from Australia. And Ben introduced me to him and then another photographer friend, Jason Arias. They both introduced me to Steve Saparito. I took his class in Dallas, Texas. And at that time, I had this amazing job at BlackBot, this local software company. I worked with them for, I was there for 11 years. And I was doing really, really well financially, personally, professionally, well-respected. Um, it was just amazing. But what I learned in Steve's class was the business side of photography, the personal side of photography. It's almost as if I kind of had a lot of that in me, but I didn't know I had it. And Steve kind of brought it out. He polished this, this rough diamond, essentially. And that's when I realized that there is something here, that photography can be profitable. Photography can be a tool to enhance people's lives. Photography can be a way to enhance businesses, you know, through business headshots. So when I came back, I applied what I had learned to quite a few sessions here, family sessions. And you know what? It worked. It was great. I came back a changed person. And then... I realized that I was traveling a lot because of my full-time job. I was in sales my final three years, business development, and I was traveling all over the country and I was speaking at conferences. And then I sat down with Miriam and I told her, you know, I could just continue to do this and watch my kids grow up just a few hours a week, or I could pick a direction where I'm home and I'm here and we could all be together. And so the decision was to do that. 
And that journey, Andrew, was a very interesting one because my entire life, I've grown up hearing that you must have a great job. You must be loyal to the company that you work for, work hard, and just stay with a great company. Never had I ever thought about going out on my own. And I still can't forget that day when I left my work for the very last time, that feeling, it was almost orgasmic, that drive home. <laughs> it was a sense of freedom, Andrew, that I had never felt before, but I was also very scared. Was there any fear involved? There must have been. Oh my God. So I'll, I mean, I just want to make sure that anything I say is inspirational and helps photographers who are on the fence and going full time. And yes, I know we're in the midst of a pandemic. And I would recommend this over and over and over again. It was the most scariest thing I've ever done in my life, but it was the best decision I've ever made in my life at the same time. I was making over $350,000 a year. I was doing great financially, no issues at all. But I chose to put all of that away. Would you like to hear how that actually happened? Uh, let me share a small story with you, Andrew. Before you do that, Raheel, how much were you making in the photography business if you were making 350 in the sales business? I replaced that income right away. I replaced it the first month. Really? My first month was $30,000. Yes. Okay, right. So you didn't replace the annual income in a month. You replaced the annual income over that next year. Correct. Correct. Right, okay. Absolutely. Yes. Yeah, go on. What were you going to share? Yeah, what I was going to share is See, here's the thing. Photographers, Andrew, in a traditional sense, what photographers look at is I'm a photographer. This is my tool. And I'm going to go find, it's almost like a, like a handyman. I'm going to go find houses that needs a little bit of repair work and I'm going to go do it. Photographers take their cameras as a tool and they're like, who needs photography? This shop is open. Come over here. I am a photographer. If you need this, service, this tool, I'm here. But such is not the case. Photography is such a small part of what we do, but the value we create as people, because photographers don't realize the talent that they actually have beyond photography. As photographers, we know how to make people look good. As photographers, we know how to look beyond the surface and how to capture the personality of a person. Do you agree? I do. hundred percent. Yeah. Now, what good is it if we're only out there photographing the exterior of a person, if we're only out there talking about the vanity of it all, I'll make you look good, I can take great photos. But if we went beyond that and tried to get to know our clients as to who they are as people, and if we can, if we can capture that and encapsulate that and memorialize that for something that they can hold on to, isn't that so much stronger, Andrew? Yeah, yeah, I agree. So in my career, I didn't realize I was doing this. And the reason why I'm mentioning this, we need to, no matter what job you have and photography as a second career. So when I started with BlackBot, all my life, my uncle had this BMW in Pakistan. And I told myself when I was a kid that I'm going to buy a BMW one day. It was because of my uncle. And I bought my first BMW when I was working for this company. What did I do? I went to the senior vice president of human resources at BlackBot. And I went, knocked on his door and I said, thank you. He said, what are you saying thank you for? People usually come here with complaints. You came here with a thank you. What's going on? I said, I just want to say thank you because I had a dream of buying a BMW and it could have only happened because 
I work here at Blackbot and you guys have treated me really well. It's like, oh, okay, thank you, Rahil. Thanks for bringing this to my attention. I appreciate it. You're awesome. Then I bought a house and then I went to John and I said, John, thank you. He's like, what is it this time, Rahil? I <laughs> uh, bought a house, my first house. And it happened during my employment here. And I have nothing but thank you. So I really appreciate it. Then I had my first child, Sophia. I said, John, thank you. It's like, what is it this time, buddy? My daughter, I have a daughter now. And all of this was possible because I'm here. You guys have given me the right environment to have all these things in my life. This is just one example, Andrew. Anybody that you touch, anybody that you talk to, whether it's a client, a peer, a senior, figure out what value you can create for them and what they have done for you. Lead with being grateful. This client of mine, the following year after I left, this person, John, he spent over $8,000 in family portraits just for his husband and wife. I have not photographed his kids yet. I haven't had the privilege. And he spent about $3,000 on his headshots with me. He remembered all of the moments that I had shown gratefulness to him. Wow. In fact, yeah. I, he was the first person I told that I want to resign, Andrew. And he said, come over here, sit down. And he asked me, he had a little dining table type thing in his office, in his corner office. And he came from behind his desk and he sat down. He's like, Raheel, are you sure that this is what you want to do? You've got a great gig here. Like, yes, my kids are growing up uh, with a single parent, essentially. I'm photographing weddings on weekends. I'm traveling during the week. I have no time for them. So yeah, I do want to try this. So Andrew, what he did for me, he said, Raheel, why don't you, instead of quitting, why don't you go on a three-month sabbatical? I'll give you 50% of your salary. And that should help you get started. Wow. <laughs> Amazing. And if it doesn't work out, you always have a place here. Now, this is the one company I recommend everybody that's looking for a job in Charleston because this showed me that this company has heart. It's not all numbers for them. Mm-hmm. He didn't have to do this for me. Black, he knew this was a losing proposition for BlackBot. But he did this because that was the right thing to do. And we've been friends ever since. Uh, it's been, I love telling this story because it's just, if that didn't happen, I wouldn't be here. Yeah. What an amazing introduction to, I mean, I don't want to say life because you've already been through so much, but the way, the way one person can affect another person just through recognizing how helpful someone else has been. It's beautiful. It's beautiful. It is. That's what life is. So what I'm struggling with, Raheel, is... You have this incredible business. You have the life that you want now. You have time with your family mm-hmm. and you're doing what you love to do. Why would you go in as a 50% partner in another photography business? Ah, great question. Okay, so there's a little bit of a story behind that as well. I have been following Aaron and Ben for pretty much my entire wedding photography career, even when I was doing it part-time. And I saw them for the very first time in real life at Mystic seminars, which happened in Mystic, Connecticut. And that was about six or seven years ago. And I found out during that, um, their session, shortly before the session, that Aaron was actually from Charleston. So before they were about to get on stage and get started, I just approached them and I said, hey, I love your work. You guys are absolutely, you guys are like gods. I just want to say, if you're ever in Charleston, please do look me up. I'd love to have dinner or coffee with you. And they're like, oh, sure thing. I mean, they were just down to earth, humble. So the most amazing 
human beings I've ever met in my life. And then when I heard that Ben and Aaron had decided to move to Charleston, I sent him a message like, hey, I've heard you guys are moving to Charleston. Where are you guys going to live? Send me your address. I want to know everything. Uh, I don't know why, but they shared their address with me. (laughs) (laughs) So I sent them a care package. And then Ben messaged me back. He's like, hey, that was very nice of you. Let's do coffee. And we went out for coffee. And he brought up Steve. And he was the second person that brought up Steve because I asked him for some advice on what should I do? Like, I'm kind of thinking about photography. I'm doing photography. Like, what would I do? And he shared some info about Steve and he encouraged me to take his class. But then I reached out to him and I told him, hey, since you guys are here, I want you to do my family session. And he photographed my family, him and Aaron, both of them. It was a beautiful evening that I will never forget for the rest of my life. Never did I ever think that we're actually going to end up in business together. So that seed wasn't even planted. I wasn't even thinking about it. That session was amazing. And I spent about $4,500 for the very first time. I never thought I'd ever spend over $4,000 in family photography, but I did. And he told me that it was, he approached it. Not only are they creative people, but he combined his creativity, him and Aaron both uh, combined their creativity with what Steve had taught them. So I'm like, okay, this is pretty interesting. So I went and took Steve's class as well. Right. So just let me hold you up here for a second, Rahil. So you didn't actually have your business at this point, no. Fear Forever. Well, Fear Forever was there, but it was only for weddings and some family portraits here and there. I was still employed happily by Blackbond, by this company. Right, okay. Yeah, so... Photography was still a part-time thing. And what was Miriam's response or thoughts to the idea of spending, you know, four and a half thousand dollars on family portraits? That's the beauty of this experience of this entire approach is all the decision makers are present, are part of the entire decision making process. So they came over, both of them, they got their computers, they had their little Bluetooth speaker, which they didn't need because I'm a home theater aficionado. I had a really awesome system. So I'm like, put that away. I got you. I connected their computer. And then they took us through the journey of the photographs that they had taken the prior week. And we were just blown away. And we started designing artwork there and then. And they kept telling us what the totals were. And yeah. And we're like, yes, it's worth it. It's absolutely worth it for the kids to see their artwork on the walls, knowing that we value them, that we love them. They're valuable enough to be displayed proudly on the walls. And we actually saw a bit of a difference in their behavior as well. As soon as the artwork was up, they felt more empowered, more loved. And that's what photography is all about. And I realized that this is what I want to give to people. So I'd heard about it. Now I have experienced it. Now I want more of it. I want to know what, like, I want to give this to my clients. So I told Ben... So I had another coffee with Ben and I told him what my paycheck was that January. I remember it was a January, the year that I would then make a big life-changing decision. And I said, Ben, I've been toying with this idea of going full-time, but I want to let you know, like, for example, my paycheck this month, usually with sales, with software sales, your October, November, December are your highest months and your January paycheck is huge. That one paycheck alone was $120,000. Wow. So like, okay, um, 
Ben's like, are you kidding me? Do not give that up. He's like, you're, you're, you're crazy to be giving that up. I'm like, well, but it doesn't work. Like it's not like every month is like that. I wish it was. Otherwise we wouldn't be having this conversation, but I want something of my own. And then he reinforced that I need to talk to Steve. So I attended Steve's class. And then when I came back, I knew this is what I wanted to do. So within a few months, I changed the room above the garage. I built a home studio. I put up wall art all over the place. I had a shooting space that would then convert into a design viewing room. So pull the uh, seamless up and then a projector was installed with a beautiful sound system. And, and yeah, life was awesome after that. It was 30 grand a month. But back to your question about how this whole Ben, Aaron, situation came about three months in, I was doing great. Steve came to Charleston to meet with Aaron, Ben and myself. And then we were having this lunch at our local favorite restaurant, Butcher and B. And we decided, you know, at that table, Aaron, Ben and Steve came up with this idea. It's like, Hey, why don't Raheel, you're doing really well. Aaron and Ben have gone through the system. They've gone through training instead of competing with each other. Why don't, why don't you guys just build a super studio here in Charleston and work together? And first of all, like Andrew, if Aaron and Ben come to you and say, we want to be business partners with you, like, first of all, your jaw is going to drop and it's, it's going to take 10 minutes to pick that back up. I'm like me. Um, but they were pretty serious. I thought it was a joke, but they were pretty serious about it. And we ended up doing it. So that's that story. Wow. So you went 50-50 in this new studio. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Went 50-50. So Aaron and Ben are absolutely amazing photographers, okay? I mean, like, I don't think anybody can touch them in terms of photography. So what they recognized was that I had this marketing design, this corporate experience of managing a business, how to run a business, and I was... I'm not going to tap my own horn. I was doing okay with photography. I, I can take a photo. You can. I've seen your work. It's gorgeous. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. So to me, this was like a dream come true. And, you know, I was like, can I think about it? And Miriam and I, we took a couple of days to think about it. And then we, we did lunch again and we said, yes, let's do it. They had already found a space, actually. So they were already setting up a physical studio so then they took me and Miriam to the studio. I still have photos of that. Our kids were with us. Roxy was there. And it was raw. It was raw. Andrew, there weren't even walls. It was just two by fours. And you could see from one end to the other. Uh, Steve was there, Ben, Aaron. And that was when we dreamed of what this space was going to be. And in four months, the studio was ready. And we, we went at it. Hey, it's Andrew here. I'm just jumping in during the editing process. Just to let you know, there's a little bit of a disjointed conversation here because Raheel has asked me to leave the next little section for premium members only. So we're skipping that little part and we're going to keep going from here. So how are you feeling now? Uh, you know, we don't know where we are in the pandemic. I mean, things are still going crazy in the US. Mm -hmm. Are you able to work? Are you able to photograph weddings, portraits, families, boudoir, pets? Yes, yes. So, Andrew, remember we... So my approach towards photography and any type of business is there's opportunities 
surrounding us at all times, right? We can either choose to have the mindset, oh my God, it's the pandemic, nobody needs shoots, or we can have the mindset that it's the pandemic. People have been in their homes and there's pent up desire to be a family again because there's countless families I've heard the amount of stress uh, husbands and wives have seen a side of their spouses that they had never seen before. Kids have shown their parents, they've made their parents proud and become more responsible. And all of that needs to be celebrated. So starting back up in July, Andrew, I went back to my $30,000, $35,000 months. And these were all based on past clients. I did not do a single iota of marketing, but this was all based on the investments that we had put into our past clients for giving them an amazing service, showing them how valuable they are as people and showing them that we're not just one genre of photographers. And that's another point that I want to hit on is photographers that are wedding photographers. If you continue to just shoot weddings, portray weddings and go only after weddings, yes, you do have family portfolios, but they're kind of on the side that, yeah, we do family photography as well you're going to have a tough time through the pandemic. Right now, businesses are going virtual. And what do most people need when they go virtual? They need photographic assets. So last week, I photographed an entire clothing catalog for someone who was laid off. And now they want to start their new venture as a clothing designer. Back to my roots, Andrew, this just reminded me of what happened 10 years ago. Um, so photograph their catalog. This is a past client that I've done a family shoot for. And don't be a single genre photographer and just put yourself out there. Go out and network. Go out and meet people. Go find opportunities. Start back up in your local BNI group. Even though BNI has gone virtual, doesn't mean you can't interact. There's countless other networking groups out there. Go participate. Talk about who you are, what you do, and what value you're interested in providing other businesses around you. There's opportunities everywhere. I've had some of my best months during the pandemic, actually. That is so good. We're going to dive in a little bit deeper in just a minute, but it's interesting to hear how things have flipped because, you know, in the last few years, you know, I was hearing the message, I'm sure listeners were as well, more and more to specialize. You've got to specialize. You've got to get known for a certain genre. And here we are now talking about the exact opposite. What would you say to a photographer that was already focused on family portraits? Mm -hmm. Should they still be expanding to go into headshots, pets and boudoir as well? 100%. 100%. Then there's a very, very obvious reason. So when we do headshots, Andrew, who are we photographing? We are photographing... Well, moms and dads. <laughs> a, a dad. We're photographing a husband. We're photographing a son. We're photographing someone that has a life outside of business. In fact, during our conversations with this person, if we get to know them, we will very quickly discover that who they are as people outside of business defines what values they bring into the business. So what if I ask this person to bring their wife along or their kids along for their headshot session? Because... I want to see that sparkle in your eye when you have your loved ones around you. I want your clients to see who you are as a human being because people do business with people, not businesses. And if someone can see that look, that sparkle in your eye, 
if someone can see social media photographs of you being an amazing husband, having a great family or having this beautiful dog, it will make you more memorable. And you can expand that session either there and then or book another family session at the end of the day, which I'm actually photographing another family that I had done headshots for a few weeks ago. I'm doing their family session next week. So Rahil, let me just interject here for one second. Let's stay with your example here. Yeah. So it sounds like with your headshot clients, Mm -hmm. you're actually getting to know them before the actual headshot session. So you're not having a conversation about their family at the actual shoot. You're having it beforehand to encourage them to bring the family to the session. Premium members of PhotoBiz Exposed hear more of the best photography business strategies from every guest. Raheel, it's been a real pleasure, mate. I've loved everything you've shared. It's been wonderful to hear a bit about your story and some of the things you're doing. Likewise, my friend. (laughs) I had no idea that you teach headshots or that you actually do any teaching at all. Where should the listener go if they want to learn more from you? Yes, right now, just reach out to me through my website, fiaforever.com. If you're interested in one-to-ones, I am available for that. And if you're interested in doing this entire course with me, I can do the entire course one-to-one or a group session as well. But last year was my first foray into teaching with Graphy Studio. Uh, Aaron, Ben, myself, Steve, Mauricio, we all went to the castle in Italy and we taught a master class. We had 25 students there. And then Mauricio and I, we did Inspiration 2020 in New Jersey this year in January. But then things kind of went south with the pandemic and everything. But uh, there's going to be more exciting things coming soon. I'm I can't give too much away, but there's something that I'm working with someone very special that you may have introduced uh, with that someone that introduced me to you. So (laughs) we're still working on a few things. Let's see what what the future holds. Nice. Well, I'm sure if it's uh, with who I'm thinking it is, then uh, I'm sure it'll be something wonderful. And I have a hope and dream and desire for myself. And it is to have an Australian accent in my next life. (laughs) I love your freaking accent. (laughs) I'm telling you, your accent, Australian accent, is a secret weapon. You can sell anything to anybody with that accent. In the States, maybe. I'm telling you this. In the States. It is freaking awesome. (laughs) Except for Australians. That will be hard for you. That's right. (laughs) I'll have to come to the States or maybe to Canada. Uh, Rahil, look, again, mate, it's been a real pleasure. I can't wait to get this out to listeners. So the best place to go is fiatforever.com. Again, mate, massive thanks for coming on and sharing what you have. Thank you. Thank you so much. I hope you enjoyed that interview with Raheel as much as I did. Raheel, if you're listening again, mate, thank you so much for coming on, being so open, sharing as much as you did with me and the listener. I really do appreciate it. And I'm looking forward to to seeing how your business progresses through the pandemic and onwards after that. So again, mate, massive, massive thanks for sharing what you did today. For you, the listener, I would really love to hear what your takeaways are from today's episode. Was there something that Raheel said that you thought, yes, I I can absolutely use that. I will use that in the future in my business. Because if there is, share it with me. Let me know what that one thing is. And you can do that in the comments area of the show notes. And for this week, they are at photobizx.com forward slash 387. The comments area is at the very bottom of the page. And in those show notes, you'll also find links to anything and everything that Raheel mentioned in the episode. I've got links to all his social media accounts, his website, other sites that he mentioned throughout the interview. It's all there in that one spot. Plus, I've got examples of his fantastic work. 
all there at photobizx.com forward slash 387. And of course, if you are a premium member, I'll be adding Raheel into the members Facebook group so you'll have easy access to him there. If there's a question that you wish that I asked that I didn't, if you just want to say thanks for coming on the show and sharing what you did, you can do that inside the group with Raheel as soon as I get him added right after this episode goes live. That is it for this episode of the podcast. I'll still be working hard this week on a few things. The daily vlog challenge, which I mentioned earlier at the top of the show, the book project, which you may remember if you've been listening for a while, that's still happening. We're still collecting content from different premium members. The focus is on artists, a local artist to each of us photographers that are getting involved in the book project. We've got a designer on board. So yeah, we're really getting to the point where the work is due. We're going to send it off to our designer and uh, hopefully, I'm, I'm really hoping that we're going to have a book ready to go by Christmas time this year. So that's, um, that's pretty exciting. I'm still in the midst of recording interviews with photographers that are utilizing photography business coaches. So I've got two of those recorded, three more planned for this week and next. And uh, the, the photographers that I have already interviewed are already sending me weekly updates on how they're progressing with their coaching. So once I've got all that together, that will be released in, I'm guessing, in a series of episodes coming up, um, hopefully in the next four to six weeks. So uh, yeah, more detail to come on that. The, the feedback I'm hearing from listeners is this is, is going to be a well-awaited segment slash episode or two, which I'm hoping and what I'm hearing you're hoping will help you decide on who is a good coach for you. Is coaching even worthwhile? What do you get out of a coach? What does it cost? What's the onboarding process like? And will I actually see real results? if I hire a business coach. So I'm hoping to answer all, well, I'm hoping the photographers that I interview will be able to answer all those questions and so many more with or within that coaching diaries segment once it's ready. In addition to all that, I've got a ton of other things on the go. I'm not going to go into all those right now because this episode is definitely long enough. So thanks again for listening. I hope you are staying safe, healthy and well wherever you are in the world. And I look forward to chatting to you next week. Until then, bye for now. If you have enjoyed this episode, head to photobizx.com. Join the conversation, leave a comment and share your thoughts on the interview with Andrew and today's special guest. 